paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod. And we are back. Episode number 22 of the Kickback Pod, the international edition this time, because I'm supremely jealous. My host, Fabian, he's not in Berlin. He's not even in Europe. He's across the pond. He's all the way in a Caribbean island right now. I'm looking at him on my laptop, super tanned, looking super healthy, skin glowing. I'm super jealous, man, because anyone who lives in Germany, you guys know what I'm talking about. The weather has been absolutely depressing over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, we'll get into that. Shout out to everyone listening on the pod. Shout out to everyone, especially who tagged the kickback pod recently, showing us your Spotify, your little screenshot of what your number one listen to pod for the year was. I was super, super happy, super thankful, super honored that the kickback pod made it to your number one podcast on Spotify. And just very quickly, want to shout out a few people that did message me on Instagram so we got Nathan Watershoot. We have uh, at T-S-I-A-A-A-K, also Costa. Uh, that, that was his name on Instagram, Costa. We have my man Max Marlin, always shouting, shout, shout you out, man. You've always been supporting since day one. Uh, we got Gianmarco Aiza, uh, also Kus McKinney. And finally, we have at JJJJ, like drowned, JJJJ Jorby, also known as Sam on Instagram. Shout out to all of you guys, man. Major, major shout out. Thank you for listening to us. And thank you for everyone else who we didn't make it to your number one pod, but maybe on your top five. Shout out to you, man. Really big we're, honor. We're the, number ones, we're the number ones in their heart for sure. Even if we didn't make it uh, number one statistically. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I imagine we're still number one. So Fabian, all right. We were talking about you just now. You being across the pond, looking super healthy. I got to say, I'm super jealous, man. And I'm going to ask you right now, hola, amigo, como estas? Si, uh, muy, muy bien. <laughs> um, no, what up, everyone? Uh, also from me, thank you very much for uh, tagging us. But most of all, thank you for listening over the last almost year now. Um, we've had a lot of fun and we're glad that you guys have, you know, had some fun with us. Um, now, I am currently in uh, the Dominican Republic, so I'm probably a lot closer to some of you in the U.S. than if, you know, I were back in Berlin. Um, man, it's so nice here. It's, oh my God. <laughs> like when, when I walk out of my room and then like down the stairs and out of the building, like I look out at the beach and you know that like, turquoise blue water that's like lighter in some places darker in others i see that like that's the first thing i see basically every day when i wake up it's it's pretty amazing dude you know how on instagram uh when you log into the app uh the stories of people you look at the most they're the ones who show up first right yeah and the least to get like further down you scroll to the right you see those you're yeah. starting to scroll to the right a little bit for me now, man, because <laughs> I'm avoiding your stories on purpose, man. I don't want to see the sun. I don't want to see the beach because, man, it's it's too jealous. I'm too jealous right now, man. So I mean, I've, I've avoided posting too much because, uh, I mean, A, I'm just busy 
doing nothing, right? Lying at the beach <laughs> in the pool. But also, uh, you know, I obviously know that, you know, some people are unable to travel or, um, you know, like you stuck in Berlin with, with terrible weather. So I don't want to, I don't want to be gloating too much. And I, I, I try and share just the coolest parts, which speaking of, um, you know, this already, but, uh, I went horse riding for the first time and I'm working on a little fun, little reel, my little cowboy reel. So that oh, should be going up in the that. next couple of days. Yeah. No, but other than that, all good here. I, but you, you also traveled, right? You were in Paris last week, right? Yes, yes. I was in Paris a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, everyone everyone says Paris is so overrated. It's so touristy. Well, I don't know where that's coming from because I definitely don't think it's overrated, especially if you travel in maybe October, November time when there's not any tourists, the, the Airbnbs are way cheaper. You don't have to wait in line to get to a restaurant. I thought I had a great, great time. Um, yeah, weather was maybe not that great, but it was great. I had a good time. Paris is still super expensive, though, even when it's not tourist season. Like, I, 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 you know what? If I was there for like another day, I think I would have had to start selling some of my sneakers <laughs> because, because it was expensive. I was tired of paying five euros for a cup of coffee. Um, Damn, but that's crazy. But yeah, no, Paris. Paris was crazy, crazy expensive, but it, it was beautiful. I had a great time. Just went me and the girl. Uh, yeah, we, we had we had a good time. Uh, one quick observation I made while I was in Paris, um, New Balance. New Balance seems to have absolutely taken over the Parisian streets because everyone, and I'm telling you, man, everyone was rocking either the 327s, the 550s, the 992s, or the 990s. Those were like yep. the four sneakers I saw by far the most in Paris. So yeah, it seems like, it seems like, and, and you know what? It fits so well with like the way Parisian people dress. Like, you know, they don't they don't dress like, you know, Berlin style, like just like puffer jackets and like all black everything. Mm -hmm. Like people in Paris have like a very like upscale type of look to them, you know, like the nice coats with the nice silhouette, slim fitting pants and everything. And like I felt like the New Balance shoes just looked so good with their style. So yeah. I, I understood why it was so popular there. But yeah, I also on uh, and I'm going to ask you this question soon, too. Um, I took two sneakers with me on the trip. The first was the Emiliandor 550s, which fit in perfectly and was surprisingly super comfortable. I, I walked for like 30,000 steps on two different days. I, I saw that on your Instagram. That's crazy. That's a lot. Like, what is that? Like 20 kilometers or something? Like yeah, that? no, it was insane. I was walking all over Paris and I, I wore the <laughs> 550s. And... Uh, my feet were fine. Like it was actually like a pretty comfortable shoe because it's got the ortholite insoles. Right. So I kind of, I will say I recommend the five fifties on a vacation because it's, it's pretty comfortable. And I also took the 2002 R the black pair, the protection pack. Uh, and that was also looking, looking very nice in Paris. And I want to know from you, man, what did, what did you take with you on the trip to the Dominican? So, I have my 990s, obviously the V5s, um, as you said, the ortholite insoles, uh, just everything about them. There's the most comfortable walking shoes. I like to I like to describe them as walking shoes. So if you're on your feet all day, walking around doing touristy stuff, it honestly can't get better than New Balance for me. So those those are the ones I took, and then I have the uh, Hoka One One or One One, whatever you want to call it. Um, Clifton eights, which are my running shoes. I took those for the gym here. And like, if I'm like running up and down the beach, which I haven't done yet, to be honest with you, but I have been to the, I haven't been to the gym. Um, 
Then I took a pair of the, I, I took the neutral gray Air Jordan 1 lows as well. Um, if I, you know, for like a nicer evening, if we're going to a restaurant or something like that. And my beach shoes, uh, the Morel 1 TRL Hydro Mox, um, which are, in my opinion, one of the best. Like they're like a better looking Crocs kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are the, those are the four wow. shoes. That so you, you packed four pairs with you. Well, so I, I wasn't going to take four and then I packed my bag and I was like, I had 23 kilo allowance and I weighed the bag and it was like 16 kilos. I was like, oh shit, I can pack a lot more in here. Um, and so I had space for another pair and that, that's why I threw in the Jordans. Um, now I kind of wish, I mean, I don't mind having four shoes with me, but I wish that I maybe took some more t-shirts because now I'm having to resort to, because it's like 30 degrees here, right? So you're sweating, even if you're not like doing much, you're sweating and then you don't want to wear sweaty clothes the next day. I've ran out of t-shirts. I've ran out of underwear. So what I'm doing now is I'm either just wearing my swimsuit all day or I'm like in the shower last night. I washed like seven t-shirts, just like washing them with soap by hand and then putting them on the balcony, trying to dry them. Um, so definitely took enough shoes. Uh, maybe didn't take enough t-shirts. No, I, I like how you very uh, strategically chose your shoes, you know, one for just walking, one for running, one for the nice nighttime dinner and one for yeah. the beach. That's very, very well thought out. Very German of that, you, man. But also, I mean, you know, the, yeah, exactly. It's my it's my Germanness uh, showing again. Um, I have to say, though, that when I wear my morels, I definitely feel like the coolest person on the beach. I see a lot of Crocs. I see a lot of like fake balenciaga flip-flops and stuff like that uh here um but uh when, when i've got my morels on i'm definitely like damn you know, I'm, I'm stuck i need a pair of those man those look those they they look really cool they're, they're, they're like in between they're like an in-between between like regular crocs and like the salehi crocs that are coming out you know yeah and they, are and like they have like a bit of they've got a bit of a, like a foam runner vibe as well. Cause they got the holes on the top. Um, speaking of, I, I've seen two people with the original foam runners here as well at the hotel. So, uh, wow. Okay. I, yeah. So that, that was pretty cool. Actually seeing them in person. I mean, I've seen them in person in Berlin, but I saw them in person at the beach and I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. I've actually never seen a pair of those in person. The, the Ararat. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen anyone actually with those in person. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could be fake. Who knows? But, all right. So, of course, um, we all know um, the major, major news that happened over this past weekend. Uh, uh, me and Fabian, we actually had a whole different topic ready for this pod, um, which was we were going to talk about our biggest hot takes on sneakers. Um, but of course, uh, with the unfortunate news, the passing of the icon Virgil Abloh over the weekend, uh, we decided to switch the topic. Uh, and of course, like we're going to be focusing on Virgil uh, for the for the majority of this pod, talk about his impact on Nike, his impact on the culture. And also just since we're talking about, you know, some of the amazing work he's done, we're also going to talk about our personal favorite uh, of the off-white Nikes over the years. Um, yeah, so so that's that's going to be obviously the main topic of this pod. As usual, we are going to get started off with, of, of course, our latest pickups. I have two to speak of. Both of them are actually um, purple or berry colored okay. this time. So I, I had the Bordeaux ones, which dropped. Okay. I don't know if you've seen those, but um, would you call those purple or more like a Bordeaux? Yeah, red? it's like it's like a maroonish. I guess like a red yeah. reddish purple. Um, I definitely think it's one of the most slept on ones this year. If you look at what they're going for on the resale, 
Um, they're going for maybe 30, 40 bucks above the uh, retail price. So very, very slept on pair because quality is super nice on this pair. And like you're like my feet, when I, when I put it in there, it just fit like a glove. Like normally when I wear Jordan ones, the leather, sometimes if it's really thick, my feet really like kind of take some time to fit into them, but the leather is really nice on this pair. And uh, I just really like the colorway. I think it's a, I think it's a super slept on pair. Uh, so that was my that was my first pickup, and the second one, uh, also another similar colorway shoe, was the Pata uh, Air Max One, the Berry colorway. Um, this pair, when I saw it in pictures, didn't like it immediately. I was like the most trash out of the three. Um, having it in person, I would say it's the worst of the three, but it's not trash at all by any means because it's it's pretty damn nice. It's the leather on it is like butter, buttery, buttery soft. And especially if you do like a lace swap, I threw on some beige laces on there, which matches the midsole. The sneakers actually really pop. And I think they look really, really nice on feet. So um, yeah, those are those are my uh, latest pickups. Uh, what about yourself? I have two as well. Um, both of them uh, before my vacation or before I left for my vacation. I got the uh, Swarovski Nike Air Force Ones in both colorways. Dude, you got um, famous because of those, man. Dude. I kind of, yeah. I mean, people reposted my uh, my unboxing and my like uh, on foot kind of video. I know Hidden reposted it a couple times. Um, Hidden reposted it, Lil Jupiter. Like I saw it on a bunch of blogs. Uh, people were tagging me like, yo, look, it's like, it's Fabian, <laughs> Fabian's feet. Like, yeah, dude, you, you, you uh, popped off on the gram there for a little bit, 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Like um, the, the shoes are amazing. Uh, and I, I, I got them early because I actually did an interview with uh, Nike and Swarovski um, before the shoes came out just talking about like the technology behind the, the light reflections and stuff like that. And actually what's interesting is that it works similar to, so there, there's Swarovski crystals, right. That are like overlaid on this Nike air force one, and you can take the different parts off. But what's interesting is that a normal crystal will reflect light in all directions. Right. But this crystal is um, similar to those, you know, those bumps on the road that reflect light. Um, and those are, are kind of shaped so that they only, they don't reflect light, they retro reflect light, which means that they only reflect the light to the source. So if you hold a flashlight in front of your face and shine it at the shoes, then you will see the reflection. But if you shine it from the side, you will not see the reflection. You have to be looking from the source of the light into the shoes to see the reflection, which makes it kind of interesting the way it sparkles and the way it, uh, it, uh, shows up when you have flash on your phone example. So that's what I did. I put flash on my phone and then I filmed my feet and that's how I got that kind of like sparkling effect, which is pretty cool. No, it looked amazing. I saw a lot of the comments. People were like, oh, wow, they got Christmas lights on shoes now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think it is like, it's a little gimmicky, obviously, but uh, the fact that you can take it off and like modify it as well. So you can take off all of the stuff except for the stuff on the, uh, the crystals on the swoosh or you can just leave the top part on. Um, so you can really customize these to, to look how you want, which I think is really neat and interesting. The price tag is pretty steep. I think they cost around $450 or 450 euros. Um, they're dropping, I think, tomorrow as well. Tomorrow, yeah. Today, 
today if you're listening to the podcast tomorrow uh, when we'll be uploading it um uh, but yeah so that was that was one of my pickups and then the other one was the Arma Manier Air Jordan 1s um oh, yeah man you got those early too I did I did I did um those are beautiful I mean big 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 shout out to Mark and uh and the whole team over there at the Whitaker group James as well um uh yeah I mean they're they're similar to the Bordeaux in that they have like a Bordeaux swoosh right and some detailing um the leather on them is kind of very similar to the top haze leather where it's like this like pre-cracked kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know I, I don't know if it's even leather or like Nubuck or something like that um really really nice shoes some really cool details on there as well like the the ankle strap one of the flaps there's like a nice quote on there as well on the inside um ama manier branding on the tongue and the insole um beautiful shoe and and that one's dropping soon too so i was very very lucky to get those uh, early yeah no that's nice man those are going to be so hard to get in europe um only pretty much just the sneakers app and a few retailers have them uh but yeah man lucky you man for cop for copying those uh for me those are like my personal favorite jordan ones of this year i yeah. think they look i can't i, I can't remember amazing. like were there many other collaboration jordan ones this year i don't i don't think so right? or not as much as in previous years right no th- there were a lot of general releases for sure right. like and there were some really good colorways to drop this year like it just off the top of my head the university blue ones i thought were a standout like they were mm-hmm maybe the best colorway to drop this year um the hyper royals also a pretty nice one uh but but in terms of like best jordan ones i think yeah i i gotta say oh also of course the neutral grays dropped this year which was the first time it ever retro since 85 uh, another oh, great colorway but uh i, I gotta say the ama manier is hands down for me best jordan one this year i need yeah, a pair, I think the man. colors the, the colors just work so the colors work so well together and yeah i mean who knows? I mean, maybe resale won't be too high uh, in the beginning. I don't know. Like, I don't know how limited they're going to be or like what the stock run is. But um, previous uh, social status and Amamanier drops have, you know, they're eventually they get quite expensive. But I think in the first couple of weeks after the drop, the resale prices aren't too crazy if you compare them to some other drops. So, yeah, I'm probably going to try to cop them the first couple of weeks because, uh, yeah, I, I'm expecting the prices on these to jump big time. Yeah. But yeah, that those are our latest pickups. Some, definitely, we picked up some heat, it looks like. But yeah, we, we have to, of course, talk about our main topic now. And that is, of course, Virgil Abloh gone way too soon. Rest in peace. And of course, like our present thoughts are with his family and his friends. Like it's 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 just a big loss not just for of course like his close uh loved ones but just for the entire uh not just the sneaker industry but just the world you know he was such a um, there's so many ways to describe him uh it it came as such a shock for me I, i was actually i was at a christmas market on on this past sunday and uh though you know the one uh at alexander platz like the, mm-hmm. the main one with the big ferris wheel like i was actually in the ferris wheel and like uh in the background there was ave maria you know that's that song playing yeah. and like i look at my phone and i see it and like it was just like a surreal moment for me because like i'm literally like suspended in midair there's a really so- sad song playing in the background i'm l- reading this news and like i i pretty much just broke down while i was on this ferris wheel like i, I couldn't believe it i was like like my whole mood changed 
it was so sad like i was just immediately like i was just so so sad to read that um like it's it's such a big loss it's it's such a huge loss i know myself um i was always someone who collected shoes but it wasn't until like 2017 like when that first off-white and nike um the 10 collapse started that's when like that kind of reminded me about why I used to love sneakers in the first place. It was my younger brother who got me into sneakers because he was a big fan of like the original Nike Yeezy line. And he had a pair of the Yeezy twos that he brought home one day. He showed it to me. I got really into shoes after that, but I wasn't like super collecting it until like the off-white Nike thing happened in 2017. And it reminded me of like that original uh yeezy nike pairs like i was like so blown away by this collab I'm, I'm like wow these are amazing and it got me so into it i remember i entered a lot of raffles I actually won a lot of raffles it was way easier to win back then and I, I managed to pick up like eight out of the original 10 via raffles um and like that just kick-started my whole love of sneakers all over again it led me to create my youtube channel in 2018 and since then, of course, I've reviewed a ton of off-white shoes. And um, yeah, like he's he's had a major effect on my life, of course, on my channel. Um, but just what he's been able to do, you know, for other younger creatives, inspiring them. He, he's he's uh, put so many other younger creatives, um, giving them a bit of a head start as well. Um yeah, like I, I've been over the last few days kind of just going down the rabbit hole, watching some of his speeches, uh, reading a lot of um, um, articles about him. And yeah, just it's it's incredible, like how much this guy just inspired people every day with his yeah. with, with his um, with his work ethic, um, with obviously with his design. Um, but yeah, like um, I mean, I, there's so much more I can say about him, but I, I can go on forever. Um, there's, there's the one thing that I got to say, well, I got to add one more thing was, um, he did unfortunately die of cancer, which he was diagnosed with in 2019. And I couldn't have any more respect for a person than Virgil for the way he handled this. Um, he, this news wasn't public. It was very private. He kept it to himself. And over the last two years, knowing he had cancer, knowing he, he, I mean, he must've known that he was on a time limit, you know? He must have known this. And the fact that like he went absolutely ham, you know, like he was going, his work ethic didn't stop. He was working on like 20 projects at the same time while having cancer at the age of 41. Like to me, that was, to me, that's incredible. Like the, the one quote I think out of everyone that I saw on Instagram um, that I think summed it up best was Salehi Bembry. He, he wrote a quote about Virgil. Some people are put on this planet to show you what's possible. And I read that and I couldn't agree more because it makes me question, like, what the hell am I doing with my life? You know, if this guy, if Virgil, you know, he had cancer he, he and he had like 20 things going on at the same time. Like, wow, like what an inspiration. Like, oh, rest in peace, Virgil Abloh. And, and thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for, for our culture. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, basically everything you said. You know, um, I I don't remember exactly where I was, but I saw it on Instagram. Like I was just randomly, just open the app in the morning. It was the morning here, and it was like a picture of him and 
it was like seven minutes ago posted from his account. I was like, what is this? And and then I read it and I was like, holy shit, like Virgil's really passed away. Um, And, and, you know, like he was a big part of my life too, in the, in the sense that I wrote about him almost daily, you know, wrote about him, his work, uh, appreciated it from consumer standpoint as well. Um, Obviously, at Heisen Abide, a lot of us have learned a lot from Virgil as well and his work and his partnerships and his creativity and the way he does things. Um, we're influenced by him on so many levels. Uh, it, it's just incredibly sad. And, and like you said, the fact that he kind of just hunkered down and just kept doing his thing, even though he knew that he, you know, there was maybe a chance that he would pass away due to the cancer that they diagnosed in 2019 is so impressive and it's it's one of many things that's impressive about this man right like uh, a lot of people i think and a lot of different people and there's no right way to react to such news and there's no way that i can put myself in someone's shoes but i imagine that you know some people would react and say listen like fuck fuck work i'm just gonna do other stuff or like everything i've ever wanted to do um and that just shows that the stuff that Virgil was creating was more than just work to him, right? It was, it was his passion. It was his life. It was his culture that he wanted to contribute to basically until the end. And uh, you mentioned uh, a quote here and, and one of our former editorial um, directors, Gian, uh, who now works for Nordstrom, he posted a note card from Virgil that says, uh, there's nothing more precious than time. Uh, from Virgil and I think that just kind of strikes that so true on so many levels in this situation in this context but in everything right like time is so precious time is the only resource that's finite and constantly running out right you will never have more time than you have now Um, and so I think if there's anything you've ever wanted to do whether that's start a podcast or print a t-shirt start your own brand change what you study, try and get into the industry, whatever it is, go for a trip, you know, climb a mountain, buy a bicycle, (laughs) learn to do something, play an instrument, like do it now, do it as, you know, like we don't live forever. And as, as macabre as as that thought is just like the the best time to do something is now. And I think it just speaks to, to Virgil's whole existence that like he's had that mindset probably from the beginning you know like the the best time to do something is now um and i don't know about you but like let's maybe start with like the 10 right the original 10 and and speak on that like what are your thoughts in 2017 let's transport ourselves back to that time you said it kind of you mentioned a little bit it it re re kind of started your love for sneakers but like why was the 10 so significant do you think well i mean if you think about how significant it was for Nike. Like if we if we transport ourselves back then, from my memory, it was all about Yeezys at that time. It was all about the Ultra Boost. It was all about NMDs. Adidas was basically on a wave during that time. Uh, high, like Ultra Boosts were impossible to get. They were just the the most hype shoe. And then I really feel like this the ten was the beginning of the tipping of the scales back from like adidas back to nike and yeah i mean you can see like what's happening with adidas models nowadays but um but yeah like that was 
a major, major moment for Nike. Obviously, like genius move looking back, signing Virgil to uh, recreate those models. It was it was also significant because up until that point, I don't ever remember a collab of that scale. Ten shoes, and not just ten shoes. Like uh, some of those shoes were, I'm talking like iconic sneakers, the Chicago ones. We're talking about, you know, um, some iconic sneakers in there. Ten sneakers, all of them. And what um, when I when I watch Virgil's uh, speech that he did at Harvard, he talked about like he has he he has some design rules. Uh, one of one of his rules that he works with is called like the three percent principle, which is he tries to tweak only up to three percent of a shoe or not a shoe. Sorry, he th- he tries to tweak only three percent of whatever he's designing, and uh, just to introduce a new way of looking at something to to inspire people to think of any item that they're looking at in different ways and that's what i really loved about those 10 shoes all 10 of them it was like it was instantly recognizable like what the model was but they just looked insane like they looked amazing they looked like nothing we had seen i know there's a lot of people who disagree with me and they think the off-whites are just terrible but I think the majority, the if you look at the prices of the shoes, I think it speaks for itself what the majority of people thought about these sneakers. Um, yeah, I, I thought they were incredible. Um, he obviously deconstructed all these shoes, um, gave us like a whole new way of looking at an off, looking at a Jordan one. Like that was, it looked like an arts and crafts project sometimes, but like looking back, wow, one of the most iconic Jordan ones of all time. Michael Jordan himself requested a personal signed pair that's how that's how impressive of a shoe that was um yeah like i mean looking back over the last decade i don't i do not think there was a bigger collab and maybe even a bigger moment in sneakers than that 10 original drop what do you think yeah i mean you you hit the nail on the head i think it it just completely changed the way sneaker collaborations were perceived right like just in terms of the scale like you said not just 10 shoes 10 iconic or eight iconic shoes right and then two kind of newer modern versions but just 10 shoes that were so popular even on their own and he took and he dropped them all basically at the same time right it was like over two weeks or something like that um it just really set the bar for like how big and all-encompassing sneaker collaborations could be right like in the past it was you know, designer X brand or retailer X brand or whatever, or creative X brand. Uh, And you would have maybe one shoe in two colorways. And then you would have another shoe a few months later in two colorways. This was literally one colorway across 10 shoes, all tweaked slightly differently, dropping at the same time. It was honestly, it was mind blowing. And, and I think the 3% principle that you mentioned is so accurate because none of these shoes were so radically changed, right? Like they all stayed true to the original because I think Virgil realized, uh, and rightfully so, that the originals are classics and icons for a reason. You can't get better than the original. All you can do is kind of look at it from a different lens and try and change it slightly so that people can appreciate it from a different angle. Uh, Sometimes I feel like brands especially when they're trying to remake an icon. I mean, look at Nike, look at Adidas. When they're remaking some of their older shoes, like 
the like the Nike Air Max 270, 560, whatever they call it. Like these shoes, they're ugly as hell. And it's because they try too much to change them, to stay true to the original by changing too much, in my opinion. And I think Virgil hit it perfectly by just changing that little bit, you know? The designs that's, that's themselves such a great point, man. Right? And like the the designs themselves were 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 perfect. The, the aesthetic kind of set the tone for general releases for years to come. I mean, we've talked about it in the podcast before. I've written about it for High Snobiety. I'm sure you've mentioned it in, in a lot of your videos too. There's a tried and true formula where brands will have collaborations or limited releases of a certain shoe or a certain design uh, or, or model. And then they will have general release versions of that, right? And if you look at the 10 from Virgil, in the years that followed, so many little bits of those shoes were found again in general release shoes, like the oversized swoosh, for example, on the blazer, or the deconstructed swoosh, the, the orange tag, the, the colorways, the black and white, all of that stuff was seen again and again in different general release shoes. And I think that just speaks to how popular and how perfect this collaboration, this project was that Nike could continue to feed off of that by taking little, little parts and putting them onto generally shoes later down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, of course. Uh, speaking of Nike, um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it's too soon to talk about, you know, more commercial impact on them. Um, but it seems, I mean, just looking at Nike right now, they, you know what's going on with Travis, um, you know, and obviously like now with this unfortunate passing of Virgil, um, yeah, they, it seems like two of their biggest um, go-to people, two of their biggest collaborators. Um, yeah. Uh, both of them are, I don't know, are they going to continue with these collabs? What's going to be Nike's impact? Uh, what's going to be, what's going to be Nike's strategy going forward? Do you, do you think that the off-whites are going to continue dropping? Is Nike just going to continue releasing colorways of these models? Or is this basically the end of the off-white and Nike collab? I think there's, there's two ways you can go about it, right? One, you can say it's disrespectful to Virgil, his creativity, his team, his family, and his estate to continue to drop his shoes similar, you know, similar with Kobe Bryant. Right. And like, should mm -hmm. Nike still be dropping Kobe Bryant signature shoes? Um, the thing is though, in the, in the sneaker industry, there's always long timelines. Right. And like, usually shoes are planned 18 months, sometimes 24 months in advance. So I'm sure that there's still some shoes that I, I don't know this. Right. But I'm just guessing, I'm sure there are still some shoes that Virgil had worked on that, are maybe planned for beginning, middle, end of next year, right? The question is, do they then release those? Because he worked on them, right? And so you could say that, you know, it, it's okay to release those. I would say it's definitely not okay to just rehash some of his ex existing designs and put another colorway on them and release them. I think if they were to release uh, off-white Nike shoes, it has to be shoes that Virgil actually worked on himself, right? whilst he was still here with us. Um, and then that that's only like, that's for me, the only way they could do it, whether they should do it is another question. And I'm undecided on that, right? I think it's, it's a fine line. Obviously as a consumer, 
I would love to see more of his work. And if there are, st if there is stuff in the pipeline, I would love to see it. But at the same time with, with Virgil now, uh, you know, passing on um, it, the whole way that these shoes were released, they were teased on uh, runway shows. He was seen wearing them. I think that is not going to be there anymore. So you're not going to have that same effect. And it just would feel weird and and kind of a little bit off like something's missing and obviously a huge part is missing right Virgil Abloh himself will be missing from future releases um one thing that I would love to see though is and and I I thought about this because I was just you know like like I said after I heard the news saw the news like the last few days like it's just been in my head constantly and every now and then I'm thinking about it and my all-time favorite shoe is the uh, original Air Force One, uh, the Nike Off-White Air Force One. And it's a shoe that I've almost beaten to death. And I was like, you know what? I'd like to get myself a second pair. And I, I said this a few years ago, like a year ago, two years ago, um, but the prices were too high for me. And now I looked and I think they cost like 2,600 euros or something like that on, on StockX. I don't know if and you've looked at any of the prices recently since his passing. So I, looked, I looked the day of. I looked the day of. I don't know if they've shot up. Okay. Um, I assume they have, but I, I told my girlfriend, I was like, we were just in the water in the beach. And I was like, listen, like, it's my all-time favorite shoe. Like, I would like to have one on ice, you know, like a dead stock pair. And I was like, but it costs at least 2,000. It's going to cost me at least 2,500 euros. And she's like, you can't do that. It's too much money. I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. So what I would... What would I love to see is maybe Nike retroing the 10 in, in limited numbers, each pair, all 10, but all proceeds go to cancer research or cancer prevention or to, yeah. to a charity or something like that, right? Like all, not, not, just, not just the profit margin or whatever, 100% of the proceeds to go to a children's hospital that specializes in cancer or some sort of cancer research charity, um, because that way, A, you're doing a good thing in releasing these shoes and, and giving the money to charity. And B, you're giving people the chance to own a bit of history, own a pair that they've maybe always wanted to own, like a second chance, whilst not forcing them to pay 3,000 euros for a pair of shoes on StockX, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I love, personally, I like the idea of them retroing it. Um, I do agree that, they shouldn't just retro it and profit off of it. I personally think there's something wrong with that. I like the idea of giving it to charity. Um, but then, I mean, I still, I still think it's mainly going to be the resellers who are going to be mainly profiting off of this. So it maybe even makes more sense to release it, maybe not on like a sneakers app or, or something like that, like releasing it for retail. Why not just, I don't know, put it on like a, I know Nike has a blockchain now. Like just put it on, make like an NFT for for these 10, um, get people to bid on the NFT and the winner of the NFT basically gets the shoe actually manufactured and sent to them. So And, and they can have like, I mean, I'm just thinking outside the box here, like that way, like a lot more money would be raised for charity, like way more, infinitely more. Um, yeah. So like, like if the purpose is to donate the money to charity, I feel like they can raise way more money doing it this way rather than having like a retail release. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's my idea. But yeah, like, I mean, I don't see them retroing it because I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit like, 
eh, like you're trying to profit now off of Virgil and he's gone. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a little bit weird. So I don't I, think I don't they would. I don't think they would. But like, like if they made it clear that, you know, hundred percent of the proceeds would be going to a charity, then that would obviously get rid of the notion that they are trying to profit. But I, I get your point that uh, resellers would probably get the shoes or get more hands on the shoes than normal consumers would. And then they would still have to pay or resell for it. Yeah. Um, they would be the ones making the most money out of this instead of the charities. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think uh, I, I'm just, I'm just happy or lucky to, to have a couple of pairs of the originals still in my possession. But I do think that my, my air force ones are going to fall apart soon if I keep okay. wearing them and I would love to, but Maybe one day, like. But, but let, let's let, let's just... stay on that topic though, because I mean, let's honor Virgil's legacy a little bit. So you were talking about our favorite, um, um, favorite of all of the sneakers he's released. Uh, yeah. So you already mentioned your favorite one of all time. Uh, do you have like a top three, maybe like your favorite off-white Nike releases over the last how many years? Mm, I would say that like. I would say that the from the of the top ten, my or the original ten, sorry, the original ten, my favorite three: the Air Force One, the Air Max ninety seven, and the Air Presto. Right, those are my top three. And then I would say outside of that, my favorite is the Air Jordan four. Um, and I would say none, none of the others come close to those four for me in total. So if I had to make a top five, all four of those would be in the top five. Um, Okay. There's plenty of others that I like, you know, like the the Dunks or um, some of the other Air Force One colorways, the the MoMA, whatever. But um, I, I like to keep it classic, and and all three of those basic, or all four of those, if you consider the Air Jordan Four as well, are very much kind of that ghosting kind of white and black colorway from the original mm-hmm. top ten, oh, original ten. Yeah, there's there's so many to choose from, and. And I mean, I haven't li- like loved every single off-white Nike pair that has released, especially those track ones with the spikes at the bottom. Oh, the Air was, Kiger, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, the Kigers. And there was another one too, like the Terra Luna or something. I forget the name. Mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling any of those collabs personally. But as far as picking my favorites, there's so many to choose from. But I would also narrow, like if I were to narrow it down... Um, I would say I also have a top four. Um, the the number four, actually, the number four is really tough to say. It's a really tie between three and four. I love the dunks, especially the first three colorways that dropped. Um, I thought okay. were the quality on those was amazing, and I, I just really like those laces that they that he threw on top. I know it seemed like a very simple detail, but it just made just gave us like like exactly what he wanted us to see, which was like a whole different way of looking at these dunks. And, you know, I, I was, you know, we were like hating on the 50 a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like I got, I kind of have to take back what I said about the 50 because I've seen so many people wearing the 50 now, no matter what colorway it is. And mm-hmm. they look amazing on feet. They are so clean the colorways, the the materials, the different colors of the laces, they look so good. And uh, I really was trying to cop myself, and I actually did. Um, over this last weekend, I bought myself a pair from Collect, but because the prices went up so much, 
the seller didn't end up uh, shipping the shoes, of course, because he was trying to profit. So, yeah, shame on you if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that's uh, bullshit. So, so I didn't actually end up getting my pair. But um, and now the prices are just way out of my budget, so uh, I probably won't end up getting a pair out of the fifty. But yeah, so I would say the the dunks are definitely one of my favorites ever released from him. Uh, also, those Jordan fours. When when you talk about grails, like for me, that's a grail. A grail for me is a sneaker that like it's just the prices are just so astronomical that I'm probably not going to get a pair, especially in my size and men's sizes. Uh, we're looking at like almost three thousand dollars for a pair in my size and i love those shoes like wow those shoes are those are just so beautiful man the the jordan fours the sale pairs you gotta love those um number two has to be for me the air prestos the original the black one the black one the black and white i managed to actually get that pair for retail and i still wear that pair all the time and i have to say not not talking about new balance it has to be for me like the most comfy pair of like hype sneakers that i own it's so so comfortable and it just looks so good it looks good with anything um and and the color contrast is just it just really pops on that shoe and but but like as far as like my favorite off-white release of all time it's probably not everyone's favorite but it's mine and that's um it has to be the fives the especially the original the muslin pair um because i was someone who never ever wore fives i thought they were just so bulky they looked weird on feet and then like virgil just being the genius that he is slight tweaks to it you know slimmed it down slimmed down the tongue put some holes in it completely changed the materials uh, just gave a completely different look faded out the upper a little bit and wow like those those fives they're like a top three favorite shoe of mine, period, and definitely my top um, off-white pair of all time. I got, I gotta say, I love that pair. So happy that I copped it last year. I did pay resale for it. I paid five hundred dollars for it last year, which, looking back at it now, absolute steal. So, um, uh, yeah. So, and that's a pair that I know I'm never gonna sell. Like, I just really love that pair. So, shout out to Virgil for making me really appreciate the Jordan Five. Yeah, I mean. I'm not a huge fan of the five, but mostly because the uh, the tongue is so fat and the, the ankle collars are so yeah. thick, right? Uh, which I, I just don't like the, the proportion of the silhouette, but that's all the stuff that he kind of got rid of on the five and changed it up. Yeah. So if I had to wear, if somebody forced me to wear a, a pair of Air Jordan fives, it'd definitely be a pair of off-whites because um, they're probably as close to me liking a pair of fives as, uh, as I'm going to come. And yeah, I think it's hard to argue with with your top four. Um, all very solid. Uh, all you know, and and again, it's it's so personal, right? Like people listening now are going to have different top threes, top fives, whatever. Um, and that's you know that's the beauty of, of collecting sneakers. Everyone has like a different, like everyone has different tastes, but also different kind of relations to these shoes and and different stories, like how you got them, whether it was like you won a raffle somewhere or you had to, you know, do something crazy to get a pair of shoes. And um, that's kind of the beauty of collecting that everyone, yeah, ends up liking a shoe for different reasons, which is cool. Yeah. And and we just want to maybe end off by saying just thank you. Thank you, Virgil. Thank you for all of the different ideas you've given us uh, and just the endless amount of content we've had 
um, not just like my channel, but just pretty much every sneaker publication over the last few years. Can't even imagine the last few years without without uh, Virgil. So, yeah, um, yeah, and 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 rest in peace. Yeah, I just want to I just want to uh, add a little bit as well. I think it's there's there's so many ways to measure Virgil's success, right? And so many ways to kind of measure his influence and his his uh, like yeah his influence on the culture on the industry. But I think. I think we, a, we didn't good, even talk about his non sneaker collapse. He's collabed on so many things. Right. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like the fact that, you know, he was chosen to be Louis Vuitton creative director, right? Like the fact that he was, uh, he collaborated with Evian on the water bottles, how he collaborated with Mercedes Benz on that crazy G wagon, um, which, <sighs> I, you know, I don't think I don't like it, but that's Wait, what, Oh no. my God. Dude, right. we're, 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 oh my God, man. Dude, we were talking about grail sneakers. Like if I, if I say like my absolute grail item, period, in the history of mankind, it has to be that G-Wagon. <laughs> oh man. No, I mean, the, like, like I said, Are you is kidding me? the beholder. Like so, the people have different tastes. I like the G-Wagon, but I, his version, I feel like it, and, and the, I mean, no disrespect when I say this. I said this back when it was released or when it was teased or whatever. It's just, it's too puffy for me. It looks kind of like the, 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 like, you know, when you have like a birthday cake and you can put stuff on it made out of icing or whatever, it looks like it's made out of icing. And for me, like, it's just, it's too puffy. It's too big. Um, some people like that. Like, obviously you do, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I like, my point was rather that like the fact that he was chosen to collaborate on a G wagon just speaks volumes as, as to how respected he was in the industry for his creative ability, but also his ability to connect with people, whether that's industry insiders, brands, colleagues, peers, or us, right. The consumer, the audience, he knew what people wanted, what people liked and he knew how to, how to manage making it creative, directing it and ultimately creating something that was appreciated if not by everyone by certain niches of the community and i think that's where his true power and his true influence lies just being the connector of the dots and and giving everyone or people in the industry something beautiful that they appreciate and and want to have yep well said man but yeah uh i mean we can it's tough to move on to a new topic now, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into let's get into the upcoming drops because December December last month of the year, I mean, it's insane the amount of drops. I I had to like it's because I didn't want to talk for like another half an hour. I had to you know maybe narrow it down a little bit because there's so many releases, especially like over yeah. the next couple of weeks. I've it's got a lot of- as well, and I think uh, like just before we get into it, I think. December is going to be packed and it might also be the last month in a while that's so packed because of the supply chain problems that the world, not just the sneaker industry is facing. I know, you know, from, from work and then from writing articles that there are a lot of struggles at the moment in the industry to get stuff done on time, to get stuff shipped over to Europe and the U S in time. And uh, I can, I can see a lot of 
releases being delayed, such as, for example, the, um, what was it, the uh, Union Air Jordan 2s, right? Like, they were supposed to release during holiday 2021, because it says on the tag, but I think they've been delayed to spring 2022 because of these supply chain delays. And I think that's going to happen throughout the industry. So um, be be aware that some some releases that you're looking forward to might you know get pushed back, and, and be happy that December is still so jam packed. Okay, okay. Well, I guess I guess we can take these potential releases with a grain of salt. You never know; they might all end up getting pushed back at this point because they need something to fill out the calendar for the next few months. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I have, uh, so of course we already mentioned the Soroski air force ones. They're releasing December the second, which should be the day that this podcast goes live. So it should be today. Uh, so if you guys manage to cop, uh, yeah, I mean, now you got some Christmas lights on your feet just in time for the holiday season. Um, yeah. And, and I'm loving that black pair personally. I think that you, you sold me on it big time. They look really, really dope on your feet at least. Um, but yeah, so there's that one. Then the following day, December the 3rd, we are we also have the worldwide release of the Amar Manier uh, Jordan 1s. Um, it only released on the Amar Manier website last week, but we're going to be seeing a sneakers release as well as a few other retailers. Uh, the raffles are already out. Uh, good luck to everyone trying to cop those. Uh, I also have uh, this weekend, December the 4th, we got a Yeezy 500 to talk about the Yeezy 500 in the ash gray colorway uh you guys probably know how much i love the yeezy 500 i think it's like the most like or like the least talked about yeezy model that is really really good uh it's got perfect quality and i i i personally think this gray colorway is very nice a really nice fall colorway as well um so this one will be releasing december the 4th and a couple more to talk about on december what's the date december the 6th there is an update to the Yeezy 350 V2, the probably the most popular Yeezy of all time. Uh, we will be seeing the 350 V2 Compact, which is like a variation on the 350 V2. It looks like it has a different height. There's like a different knit pattern. Um, it looks like an almost entirely different shoe. Um, yeah, like uh, the, the the sock where you basically put your feet in. It looks like... I, I mean, it's hard to explain it, but it looks very like sock-like compared to, and, and like the, the the opening is a lot narrower compared to the other 350s that we're used to. It's a pretty interesting looking model. That one will be releasing December the 6th. And finally, last one to talk about, and this is on December the 14th. And this is the sneaker, or I guess it's not really a sneaker, but this is the shoe that I'm personally the most excited for for the month of December. That is the Salehi Crocs. Uh, those are dropping two colorways dropping December the 14th. Very excited to cop those. Those are the mushroom and the army green ones, right? Exactly. And and I'm down with either of those colorways. I think they're interchangeable to me. So uh, yeah, I, I've never, ever been excited to cop a pair of clogs, uh, Crocs before, but um, yeah, I, I need these. They're pretty dope. Like I, I wouldn't mind uh, getting a pair of the army green ones. Um, I have a couple more as well. So I think December 10th, the cause Sakai Nike Blazer low drops. Um, All right. In the two which, other colorways. Yeah, exactly. Which, um, you know, if you're into triple collaborations, that's, you know, something that you can think about picking up. 
Then uh, the Casablanca New Balance XC72, which is their kind of crazy outsold sneaker, is dropping in a cream white colorway on December 11th. It's a little less uh, obtrusive uh, than the you know green and orange pair. Um, there's a New Balance 990 V3 uh, in navy blue dropping December 18th. So like that cl classic navy blue colorway, which is quite nice. Um, and then uh, there was a Jound New Balance uh, 990 as well that was teased, right, uh, over the last couple of weeks. I don't know when that is releasing. Oh, um, is that, is that supposed you, to release soon? I don't know if it's soon, but um, I just thought it was worth mentioning just because it's been on, on Instagram and all over my feed. Those over are heat. Days. Those are super heat. That green colorway, that olive, oh my goodness, that is so nice. Um, again... <laughs> This could be this could be something that's coming early next year, you know, even mid next year. You never know. Um, the fact that it's being teased slowly means that a release could be soon. We could be seeing in the next couple weeks, next couple months. You never know. Um, I don't even remember if it's a V3 or a V4. Uh, I think it's a V3, right? Um, but uh, I, I'm super looking forward to that one. I think if this drops uh, in December, then this will be kind of my like last and and. Not best, but last big cop of the year for sure. There's, you know what? We even missed a few more. There's, um, there is the the Jordan 11s, the cool grays, uh, which oh, yeah. are, those are dropping on uh, December 11th, coincidentally. Um, and those, there's supposed to be a million pairs of them releasing. So the biggest release of the year, at least from a numbers point of view for a Jordan brand and everyone mm -hmm. seems to have been waiting on this colorway to drop for a while. So expect that December the 11th. Also on December the 11th, another foam runner colorway, the MX Sand Gray, which uh, once again looks like Kanye stepped in some dog shit. Um, he keeps stepping into dog shit, man. What can I say? Because all of these colorways look like, um, yeah, they, they look a little funky uh, on the on the outsoles. Um, this colorway too, um, it, it's like, it looks like it's stained with, you know, bits of brown at the bottom. Not my favorite colorway, but that will be releasing on um, December the 11th. And then the biggest Yeezy release of the year will be happening, I guess, not really in the next two weeks, a little bit later, the December the 18th, the Belugas, which um, oh. may be one of the most iconic colorways of the 350 V2. That will be restocking, and Yeezy Mafia has reported that there will be a million pairs of them releasing. So literally, Kanye was not lying. Yeezys for everyone, and one of the most iconic Yeezys for everyone, will be releasing December the 18th, the Beluga Reflectives. So uh, nice. yeah, that's about it. A lot, a lot to look forward to, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, man, once again, thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the pod, supporting the pod. You guys are amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode. And yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Fabian, I hope you enjoy your last few days in the Dominican. Um, and yeah, man, the beautiful Berlin weather is waiting for you. <laughs> I can't wait to be back home. Um, no, but uh, yeah, again, thank you guys also for me for listening. It was a pleasure as always and uh, looking forward to the next time. Peace. Yep, peace.